0: Good morning, everyone, and a very warm welcome to morning worship. We're joined again by friends and family from across the country and around the world. And uh, I think although they're local, we should say a special welcome to Ken and Barbara this morning uh, on their 54th wedding anniversary. So congratulations, Ken and Barbara. Our service this morning will be led by our Minister Katrina, but we'll also hear the voices of Elham and Ali Rachel and Katrina H. We'll be singing along with recordings of ourselves so we'll hear Paul on keyboard and Yang Yang on violin. Then at 7pm this evening the Baptist Union of Scotland will be hosting their weekly prayer broadcast on Facebook Live. That's facebook.com forward slash Scottish Baptist Live. Katrina, would like to say thank you to those who have offered readings and poems for our sharing service next Sunday. She now has just the right number to work with, uh, but she would like to put together a slideshow of photographs that capture something of summer 2020. But so far, she's just received three images. So it's going to be a very short summer. So if you've taken a photograph this summer that you think sums it up for you, would you email it to Katrina this week and she'll include it in our presentation next Sunday. In fact, she'd be willing to have two or three images from each household uh, if you've got several that you really like. So don't don't edit yourself, send them in anyway and she can edit later. So we'll be gathering next Sunday for our sharing service at 11 a.m but as always in the meantime if you need anything you just need to give me a ring or send me an email. These are all our notices.
1: Thank you Anne and thank you everybody it's good to be together again. I was going to say on this bright morning it's kind of bright but cloudy in my little bit of hindland, quite a lot of clouds but it's still quite a nice bright feel to it. So good to be together to worship and we're going to hear part of genesis chapter one part of the creation story this morning as our call to worship and i'm going to use the message paraphrase because it just gives us a different feel from the more traditional and more precise renderings of these familiar words god spoke earth generate life every sort and kind cattle and reptiles and wild animals all kinds and there it was, wild animals of every kind, cattle of all kinds, every sort of reptile and bug. God saw that it was good. God spoke, Let us make human beings in our image, make them reflecting our nature, so they can be responsible for the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, the cattle. And yes, earth itself and every animal that moves on the face of the earth. God created human beings. He created them godlike, reflecting God's nature. He created them male and female. God blessed them. Prosper, reproduce, fill the earth, take charge, be responsible for the fish in the sea and the birds in the air, for every living thing that moves on the face of the earth. Then God said, I've given you every sort of seed-bearing plant on earth and every kind of fruit-bearing tree, given them to you for food. To all the animals and all the birds, everything that moves and breathes, I give whatever grows out of the ground for food." And there it was. God looked over everything he had made. It was so good. So very good. Welsh Anglican priest called Gerard Manley Hopkins who was also a poet and I'm going to use one of his best known I think and best loved poems as a prayer this morning and of course I will then lead on to a little bit that I've written and to the Lord's Prayer which we are invited to say in our own preferred forms. I don't know if anyone was listening to Radio 4 this morning. Um, I was kind of amused because I thought yep I taught Anna Magnuson to do that. <laughs> it was a really good um, service, well worth a listen if you get a chance. But they did our thing of a multilingual Lord's Prayer. They only had two voices, so it wasn't quite as good as us, but it was, it was still lovely. So let's come to God in prayer. Let's pray. Glory be to God for dappled things, for skies of couple colour as a brinded cow, For rose moles all in stipple upon trout that swim Fresh fire coal, chestnut falls Finch's wings Landscape plotted and pieced Fold, fallow and plough And all trades Their gear and tackle and trim All things counter Original spare, strange, whatever is fickle, freckled, who knows how, with swift, slow, sweet, sour, a dazzle, dim, he fathers forth whose beauty is past change, praise him. God of the cow, the trout and the finch. God whose glory is seen in all creation. God who blesses earth with animals of all kinds. As we gather now, help us to listen for your voice in all we share this day. And hear us as we, in worship and supplication, join our voices to bring our prayers saying... For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.
2: Isaiah 11, chapter 1, to 3, 6 to 9. The Lord, the Spirit, will always be with the new King to give him wisdom, understanding, guidance and power. The Spirit will help him now and know and respect the Lord. He will find joy in obeying the Lord. This king will not judge people by the way things look. He will not judge by listening to rumors. He will judge fairly and honestly. Then wolves will live at peace with lambs and leopards will lie down in peace with young goats. Cows, lion, and bulls will all lie together in peace. A little child will lead them. Pears and cattle will eat together in peace. And all the young will lie down together and will not hurt each other. Lions will eat high like cattle. Even snake will not hurt people. Babies will be able to play near a cobra's hole and put their hand into the nest of poisonous snakes. People will stop hurting each other. People on my whole mountain will not want to destroy things because they will know the Lord. The world will be full of knowledge about Him, like the seas full of water.
3: Trina asked me to talk today about how my faith integrates with my calling as a veterinarian. And when I heard that, my first thought was, this should be easy. And to a certain extent, it really is. There are very many places where I see my faith and my work integrating. But then I thought about it more, and I realized it wouldn't be as easy as I thought, because there are so many places where it does intertwine. But as I thought about it this week, two places in particular jumped out at me. And the first answer that always jumps to the forefront of my mind is when I'm asked this question, is that it's a fulfillment of Genesis 128, which Katrina read this morning during our call to worship. And that verse, God gives to mankind dominion over the earth, uh, responsibility to care for the earth and the animals and everything that's in the earth. And so for me taking care of the animals that walk through the door of the clinic, uh, stitching their wounds, making sure they have good lives. For me, it's, it's a di- direct fulfillment of that calling. And as I help them to get better, that healing aspect of it also links in my mind to the numerous stories that we have in the New Testament of Jesus healing others. For him there, the healing is not only just a, an expression of his care for the people, but it's also a setting things to rights of sorts, uh, correcting things from a broken state. Healing the animals and helping them get better, for me, carries both aspects of fulfilling a God-given charge to take care of the earth, as well as amending of a broken state. And if I'm honest, that process also mirrors well my own salvation. The second answer that really jumped out at me this week is that through my work, through taking care of these animals, I begin to see and understand the depths of Jesus' love for me, the depths of compassion he showed to all of us as he walked on the earth so long ago. Every time I see a hurt animal and I hear their cries, and whether they be hurt by road accident, an accident in the garden, or even just they're sick, my heart just starts aching inside my chest. Every time I have to help someone say goodbye to their beloved companion, my heart just breaks. And if that's how I feel for these animals, the animals that, if I'm honest, I don't really know. I don't, I'm not with them day in and day out. That's how I feel. How much more is God's love for me, for you, for everyone around us? And as I see the animals in their follow-up appointments, as they get better and continue to heal, I go through that emotional journey with them. I get excited when they come in and they're looking so much better than they were the last time I saw them. And when they come in and they're worse, my heart just sinks and it gets full of sadness with them. And if that's the depth of the emotion that I feel for them, I can't imagine how much deeper God's joy and sadness is with me when I have those exact same moments in my walk with him. There are so many more ways that I see my faith in my work, and I know that the more I look for it, the more I pay attention, the more I will find. Fulfilling God's charge to take care of the animals and understanding the depths of God's love for me is just scratching the surface, and I know it. But I hope that through this peek into how my faith integrates and how I see God in my work, it'll help you find God in your workplace as well and what you do. And as the years go on for me, I hope, and it's my hope for you, that you'll be able to find him more and more.
4: Next reading is from Numbers 22 starting at verse 20. God came to Balaam during the night and said since these men have come all this way to see you go ahead and go with them but make sure you do absolutely nothing other than what I tell you. Balaam got up in the morning saddled his donkey and went off with the nobleman from Moab. As he was going though, God's anger flared. The angel of God stood in the road to block his way. Balaam was riding his donkey, accompanied by his two servants. When the donkey saw the angel blocking the road and brandishing a sword, she veered off the road into the ditch. Balaam beat the donkey and got her back on the road. But as they were going through a vineyard with a fence on either side, The donkey again saw God's angel blocking the way and veered into the fence, crushing Balaam's foot against the fence. Balaam hit her again. God's angel blocked the way yet again, a very narrow passage this time. There was no getting through on the right or left. Seeing the angel, Balaam's donkey sat down under him. Balaam lost his temper. He beat the donkey with his stick. Then God gave speech to the donkey. She said to Balaam, What have I ever done to you that you have beat me these three times? Balaam said, Because you've been playing games with me. If I had a sword, I would have killed you by now. The donkey said to Balaam, Am I not your trusty donkey on whom you've ridden for years right up until now? Have I ever done anything like this to you before? Have I? He said no. Then God helped Balaam to see what was going on. He saw God's angel blocking the way, brandishing a sword. Balaam fell to the ground, his face in the dirt. God's angel said to him, Why have you beaten your poor donkey these three times? I have come here to block your way because you're getting way ahead of yourself. The donkey saw me and turned away from me these three times. If she hadn't, I would have killed you by this time, but not the donkey. I would have let her off. Balaam said to to God's angel, I have sinned. I had no idea you were standing in the road blocking my way. If you don't like what I'm doing, I'll head back. But God's angel said to Balaam, go ahead and go with them. But only say what I tell you to say, absolutely no other word.
1: Thank you so much to Rachel and to Katrina and to Elham and Ali for reading and sharing with us. Way back when I was growing up in the 1970s and 80s, there was a must-see programme on television. I think it was a Sunday, but it may have been a Saturday, and unfortunately I couldn't find out when I looked online. And it was called All Creatures Great and Small. It was based on the books by James Herriot. Some of you may know that James Herriot is a pen name. He was a veterinary surgeon called James Wright. I was curious to find out a little bit more about James Wright. Um, His parents moved to Yoker from the north of England when he was, well, before he was born, they they moved when they got married. His mother actually returned to the north of England to give birth to him, but he grew up in Yoker and he went to Hillhead High School. He was interested in being a vet from a very young age, and eventually he would go on to study veterinary science at the University of Glasgow. So, although there's no direct link between him and Hillhead, I like to think that perhaps through Rachel, who's studying at the University of Glasgow studying veterinary science, we we can claim that he's kind of one of us, if only by that six degrees of separation thing. So what has that got to do with anything? Well, probably not a lot, but actually it was the title of one of those books that just kept coming into my mind this week as I was reflecting on that strange story from the book of Numbers. And that book is called, If Only They Could Talk. And I suspect for Rachel and other vets, that's something that they find themselves asking or or wishing. And certainly for me as a cat slave, I sometimes wish that Sophie and Sasha could speak to me. Um, It's very unusual for Sasha to be sick, but she was sick four times on Friday and I was really quite worried about her, but she couldn't tell me what was going on. If only they could talk. People who share their homes with cats and, and some who have dogs often report that their pets can see things that they can't. They'll just notice that their cat is staring at something. I think dogs do it as well. Some people interpret that, that they're seeing an angel or a ghost. And others say, oh, it's just a trick of the light. It's just a pattern that their differently constructed eyes see and ours don't. I oh, we'll never know which it is. If only they could talk. Of course, there are animals that we train to help humans in various different ways. We have assistance dogs, we have drug detection dogs, we have police dogs, we have um, other animals that are trained to do things. And you hear reports, don't you, from time to time of animals that live in hospices or are taken into hospices and hospitals. And somehow they can tell who is the most sick. And there are beautiful stories of of cats and dogs and, and even a horse in one hospital I read about that go into the room of the sickest people and stay with them as they slip through into eternity. There are also stories about shelter pets a story I read at one point about a cat that was rescued it had to be a cat didn't it if it's me talking about it and he was very sick and the vets decided actually the kindest thing for him was to put him to sleep and as they got him on the table and and just stroked him to settle him he started to purr, and they couldn't bring themselves to do it. So they nursed him back to health, and he's become a nurse cat. He looks after other waifs and strays and other very sick pets and sits with them as they recover or as they slip away. If only they could talk. And then there's natural disasters. We hear accounts of animals that, that move a few days, the, the great tsunami in 2004, there, was, there were stories, or there were stories at the time, of, of animals moving inland away from the coast and nobody understood what was going on. But perhaps they sense things that we can't because they are closer to nature. And then perhaps more recently in the Australian wildfires and other places, there have been incredible stories of cross species cooperation even amongst prey animals that have rescued the young of another species and and taken them to safety. If only they could talk. Or perhaps closer to home. Who wasn't struck by those pictures of Welsh mountain goats coming off the hills during lockdown? Or the foxes reclaiming the cities? Or the birds that didn't have to shout quite so loudly to drown out the cars that could just sing sweetly and hear each other. Do you ever wonder what they might say if they could talk? In the Bible, we have this very strange story of a talking donkey. Now, I'm not quite sure how you say the chap's name. When I was growing up, it was Balaam sorry, Balaam. It was Balaam in Sunday school. And then I came across a song called Balaam's Ass. And I suspect the more accurate Hebrew would be Balaam. But whatever his name was, this man is part of this story, which holds together actually some pretty awful stuff with something really quite humorous. Because not only does the donkey speak, he speaks back to her. They have a conversation. This isn't Shrek. This is with donkey. This is an Eeyore in the stories. This is, this is a, a Bible story. Now, whether it's literally true or not literally true, I'm really not very fussed right at the moment. But what a strange story of a talking donkey and a human being. But it's also a disturbing story because the donkey sees what the man does not. And I was really challenge to think what is it that the animals see that we don't? What is it that they're aware of that we just carry on regardless? Either we don't see, we don't hear, or we're not interested. What would they say to us if only they could talk? I think the attitude of Bailam to his donkey is really telling As far as he's concerned she's just a means of transport her job is to take him where he wants to go when he beats her with because she refuse refuses to carry on it is cruel but actually do you know what do you remember that scene in faulty towers where basil beats the mini the mini with a a, with a branch it's a bit like that it's just you know this is just a thing how dare you not do what i want you to do thing Didn't God give humans dominion over creation? All creation, animal, vegetable, and mineral. And what does that mean? Does it mean that you can beat up the donkey because she doesn't do what you want? You see, I think the problem lies in our use of that word dominion. Because dominion has come to mean power over rather than responsibility for. And that's partly why I chose the translation I did this morning, but I also heard it echoed in what Rachel was saying, that dominion is about responsibility, not about control, not about power. Dominion has allowed humankind, and perhaps especially the industrialised, wealthy West, to see creation as a commodity to exploit, not as something of which we are part, not as something upon which we are dependent and with which we are interdependent. We hear about the killing of bees or chlorinated chicken. We think about battery hens or farrowing crates. We artificially inseminate sheep and cattle, or we selectively breed to get more wool or more meat or more milk. And we don't have to look very hard to see how this commodification of animals can lead to extreme suffering, exploitation and even extinction. If only they could talk. Now, just in case you think this is, this is not a rant in favour of veganism or vegetarianism it's about our attitudes towards animals, domestic animals, agricultural animals, wild animals, that says these are part of God's good creation, capable of feeling. We heard that very much in what Rachel was saying, capable of self-determination, able to respond to events around them. And if there is truth in that story about Balaam and the donkey, to be aware of and to respond to God. We really should be concerned about the extinction of bees, about the exploitation and mistreatment of livestock, about trophy hunting of wild animals. We should pause and reflect on our attitude to every creature Yes, the alluring and winsome pandas and tigers and koalas. The native hedgehogs, the badgers and the sparrows. And also the slugs, the snakes and the wasps. Because they're all God's creatures. And God loves them and declared them to be good. Balaam's donkey is given the gift of speech, if only briefly, and she uses her opportunity to question his motives. Why have you done this? Have I ever let you down before? And I found myself wondering if other animals could speak, what tough questions might they ask? What unpalatable truths might we have to face? So might they say, why did you hunt me to extinction because you wanted my fur or my teeth? Why did you force feed me to make my liver grow fat and then kill me to make pate? Why did you make me carry incredibly heavy loads in searing heat or freezing cold? Why did you beat me when I stumbled? Or get rid of me when I could no longer run fast enough or work hard enough or reproduce? Why do you cut down the forests that are our homes? Why do you poison the oceans and streams where we swim? Why can't you notice when we leave a familiar place just a few days before disaster strikes? Why can't you see how we can overcome interspecies differences to care for each other in times of crisis? Why can't you just see us as God sees us? It's tough, isn't it? Because it isn't just about fluffy bunnies and cute kittens. And this isn't a nice reflection that makes us feel good and comfortable and comforted. It's a very, very long way from the little donkey carrying Mary on the dusty road. And, you know, I'm really grateful to Paul for choosing that piece. When the email came through, I went, oh, that's interesting. But actually, it's a really helpful little add-in. We don't know that Mary rode on a donkey. But we know that Jesus rode on the donkey. perhaps it invites us to think about the role of animals in god's story of redemption just had a cat walk across screen that's beautiful bang on cue love it i wonder what she's thinking what she wants to say to god she or he wants to say to god today Valen was heading for disaster but he couldn't see it the donkey acting out of character did her best to protect him she wanted to keep him safe For all he beat her, she still kept trying to protect him. And so I wonder, is there a message for us in here somewhere? If the animals could speak, if they could make us stop and look around and listen for God's voice, what difference might that make? God made humankind to be like God's very self, to take responsibility for the whole of creation, which God had declared to be very good to be awesome amazing or in local idiom if not local accent pure they're brilliant if only they could talk what might the animals say to us today
0: Together, our prayers for others and for ourselves. Let us pray. God of all creation, we confess that even as we pray week by week for those who are poor or hungry or affected by climate catastrophe, we ourselves are creating more poverty, more hunger, faster climate change, by our careless misuse of this beautiful world and its creatures. Forgive us, we pray, for our fecklessness. And as we bring before you this morning our sister churches, our mission partners and ourselves, make us even more aware of the impact of the everyday choices that we make and the actions that we take on the poorest and most vulnerable in our world. And so we pray today for the Baptist Church at Kirkwall in Orkney, for our friends and nearest Baptist neighbours in Knightswood, for the churches at Ladywell in Livingston, Larbert near Falkirk, and Lark Hall, where a number of us grew up and were nurtured and encouraged as children and teenagers. All of these church families are meeting online this morning, just like us. And trying to work out what they can do to serve their communities and support one another at this time, just like us. Grant them resilience in the face of these challenges and the courage to use this time to reimagine what church could be. The Baptist Union asks us to pray too for the Scottish Baptist Women's Fellowship as they rewrite their constitution and restructure their organization in response to the changing needs of these times. Especially we pray for Nancy, giving thanks for her gifts of wisdom and compassion and humor. As teachers here in Scotland are grappling with the challenge of making schools safe places for children and adults, BMS asks us to pray this week for the educational work they do around the world. Especially today, we are asked to remember mission worker Louise Proctor and BMS-supported teacher Esther Sarkar in Bangladesh. They run a preschool project and help to train other teachers so that young children in poor, rural areas of Bangladesh can go to school and enjoy the same benefits that we take for granted. Grant them creativity as they struggle to do this amid the growing pandemic. That affects Bangladesh as it does so many other countries around our world. Among our own church family here in Glasgow and scattered around the world, we pray especially today for Margaret S., Mary and Ian, Jennifer, Neil and Jensen, Betty. Lena and George, Talash, Yang Yang back at home with her family, Antoinette in the Bahamas, and her family here in Glasgow, and Bayar and his family in Paris. We ask your blessing upon each one of them, each in their very different circumstances, each with so many responsibilities, for family, for friends, for neighbours. We'd ask to pray too for our worship group and for our musicians who support Katrina in the leading of our worship week by week. Especially we pray for Paul F, who works so hard to create a musical context for the words that Katrina shares with us and for Paul each who retrieves recordings from our archive and places them in during our services finally today we pray for the animals who sustain and enrich all our lives for the cows and goats and chickens that mean the difference between life and death for the subsistence farmers of rural Bangladesh. For the cats and dogs and guinea pigs and hamsters and rabbits and budgies and goldfish that have been our companions through life who sometimes are the only living beings who know our private thoughts So we name before you now the companion animals who have been members of our family through the years and give thanks for each one of them. Finally, we pray today for everyone who cares for animals, for farmers, for vets like Rachel, for animal welfare charities like SSPCA, the PDSA, and so many more. We pray that in this time of need for charities, that they will receive the resources they need to continue their work until that day when the whole of creation is redeemed. When wolves will live at peace with lambs. Leopards lie down in peace with young goats and a little child will be them. Amen.
1: God of the donkey, who spoke your truth, help us to listen for your voice. God of the donkey, who carried Jesus, help us to follow him. God of all creation, bless us with wisdom, hope, love and mercy, now and always. Amen.